Hi, I'm Alison Heilixer, American psychotherapist living in Hong Kong. And I'm Heather Thorkelson, Canadian business coach living in Sweden. On Rethink the Couch, we delve into the inner dialogues that expats most commonly grapple with. Our podcast explores the mysterious psychological layers of what it means to be someone living abroad in a culture not our own. Our experiences, narratives, challenges, and ultimately, identities. Let's get started. Today, we're going to discuss entrepreneurs in expat communities. And what's so exciting about today's episode is I get to speak with a coach who works with entrepreneurs around the world and helps them to launch and sustain successful businesses. So Heather, it's so nice to have you on the other side of the microphone today, especially given your recent book launch, No Plan B. So let let me ask you, Heather, because I work with so many clients who are interested when they move to a different country in starting their own business. And I want to know from you, how common is it actually for entrepreneurship to take hold in expat communities? That's a really good question, Allison. And um, I'm excited to talk to you about this today because I've been an entrepreneur for 10 years and I've been an expat for going on almost 26 years with a short stint back in Canada. So I've been a part of expat communities in a lot of different countries and at different stages of my life as well. Now, how common entrepreneurship is kind of depends on the type of expat. So we have expats for work, like people who go abroad for a job. And then of course there's their spouse. Some of them are working, some of them are not. Some of them decide to start a business because they don't have anything else to do. Some of them are expat retirees, a lot of which are fully retired, and then some of which decide to do sort of a, you know, twilight years business. <laughs> and then, of course, there's this sort of new, it's not so new anymore, but a newer movement of younger people, generally speaking, that call themselves digital nomads. And I have been for a period of time what one would consider a digital nomad, which means these are people who have no fixed address and they run their livelihood online. Now, this could mean that they have a job with a parent company that doesn't require them to be in a specific location. And so they do their job from wherever they are in the world. But by and large, digital nomads are people who work for themselves. So they either run a small to medium-sized company or they are freelancers who just are solopreneurs and you know, have clients or, or customers around the world. Yeah, that's interesting. And, you know, from what I understand that entrepreneurship can actually take many different forms. So I'm wondering, Heather, are there certain types of businesses that might be easier for entrepreneurs to start when living in a country not their own, or maybe just even in a country that lacks the infrastructure of where someone might be from? Yeah, 100%. I mean, the easier forms are definitely the types of businesses that are online based, you know, because that way, as long as you have a laptop or a computer and access to the internet, you can run your company, right? If you're, for example, if you move to, I don't know, Colombia, and you want to do a local like a brick and mortar business or an import export business, there's going to be a lot of bureaucracy and like language barriers and things like that, that make things more difficult, right? And back in the day, that was probably your only option to, to do something that was more physical brick and mortar style business. But these days, the, the easiest form is something that you can do online. And kind of as I alluded to in your first question, there's those, the types of solopreneur businesses where you're just yourself working with people, but also 
you know, it can include companies with a few employees. So I have a client who um, she runs actually quite a large company and she has clients all over the world. And she has a team of people that she manages from a distance and her lifestyle, she's a digital nomad. And up until the pandemic hit, her whole sort of MO was to house sit. So she lived rent free because she went around the world based on different house sitting gigs that she had and became a part of those local communities for a month or two. She took care of people's pets and had these international clients all over the world and had her international team of people that all worked from home. And, you know, it, it's a really, it's a, it's a quite substantial business. It's, you know, not to say that running a business is easy, but certainly the internet makes it so much easier for us to run businesses that are different in scope and also really interesting in scope. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. And I think another great point in that, Heather, is just that a lot of people, especially, you know, clients I have, different expats, somehow think that being an entrepreneur always means just working on your own. But I love that you're highlighting also the possibility that being an entrepreneur can absolutely mean working as part of a team, if that's something that people do enjoy. So tell me, what are some of the soft skill superpowers that expats do have that might lend themselves well to entrepreneurship? Yeah, this is one of my favorite topics, actually, because having been an expat for so long, I've realized that elements of this lifestyle are extremely helpful to the wild, wild world of entrepreneurship. So some of these include problem solving on the fly. Mm. <laughs> Anyone who's lived abroad knows that you got to problem solve on the fly. Um, the ability to live with the discomfort of not fitting in. Right. Because mm. that that is like an inalienable part of being an expat. There is a period of time where you don't fit in. Sometimes you never fit in or you feel like you never fit in and you have to come to terms with that discomfort. Entrepreneurship is still not and may never be the norm. Right. The nine to five working world is the norm. And people struggle with sort of figuring out how to peg you when you're doing something outside of the norm. So there's always that bit of discomfort of trying to explain what you do as an entrepreneur, if it's not a conventional type of job. So that ability to live with the discomfort of not fitting in is really key. The ability to handle uncertainty, you know, being an expat, there's so much you don't know. You're in a new country, you might not speak the language, you don't understand how things work. That's just like running a business, you know? You're like, mm -hmm. what is going on? What do I need to figure out today? What, what problem do I need to solve today? And that kind of goes into the next thing, which is resilience, right? So how, quickly do we spring back after something doesn't go as planned? And I think that people in general who travel have a higher ability to be resilient and definitely expats. And, and if you've, you know, especially if you're a seasoned expat, you're probably a pretty resilient type of person. And then finally, adaptability to change, because I mean, everything about who you are is challenged when you go and live in a completely different culture. So you learn to become more adaptable and this is so, so, so critical when you're on, when you're running your own business, whether it's abroad or at home, you know, these, these soft skills are so key in successfully running your own business. Yeah, absolutely. And that adaptability to change, I think just psychologically, Heather, is important for, for all, but as entrepreneurs know, right, it's, it's part of the key to really persevering. Now, you mentioned the ability for, for expats to really, you know, thrive in the entrepreneurial space by being able to recognize that they may feel a sense of discomfort of not fitting in, right? And they're able to handle 
a sense of uncertainty. So talk to me, like, how, how do you capitalize on that? What's really the value of, of feeling that sense of being disoriented in a foreign land as an entrepreneur? Yeah, well, to be quite honest, the whole experience of entrepreneurship is really disorienting. Absolutely. You know, it's just trying to find your way when when we because we have all come up or for the most part, we have all come up in a system, an educational system that primes us for being workers, for being employees, for mm. being managed, for fulfilling tasks. Right. And so when you go out on your own and nobody's telling you what to do and nobody's giving you deadlines and nobody's pointing you to the right information, you know, you don't have the library and the encyclopedias down the street to go look it up in. I mean, maybe I'm dating myself here. It sounds very 1990s, but um, it's, you know, no, there is no roadmap. So it is by nature very disorienting. You know, if you've been an expat, if you've lived abroad, if you've put yourself into an unfamiliar environment, then you're kind of used to that feeling. You've already tested those waters and you already know that you'll be okay in the end. You know, like just because you don't understand what's before you or how to deal with it doesn't mean it's not going to work out. And that's what I think is so powerful about that experience of that choice to go out into the world and live somewhere else and do something different and immerse yourself in something so unfamiliar. Um, it, it gives you that confidence that, hey, I can do this. I can immerse myself in the unfamiliar. I'm smart. I'm resourceful. I'm going to figure it out. And so that that piece of being disoriented and knowing that like you're not going to die or end up in a box on the corner <laughs> it gives you that little extra confidence and i mean if there's one thing that entrepreneurs need more than anything it's confidence and belief in self yeah absolutely and it's something even heather i, I work with people all the time as a therapist is just you know that belief in self whether you have a desk job or you're running a business is absolutely just key psychologically so you mentioned things right like of just being able to you know stay resilient and handle uncertainty and being able to problem solve on the fly and so i'm wondering for maybe the listeners out there who are who are wondering if they're introverts or extroverts if that plays uh, a role in in becoming an entrepreneur as an expat in other words is one more advantageous and how do you see that in the entrepreneurial space I don't think that one is more advantageous than the other, especially if we operate on the presumption that, you know, the majority of expats out there who are entrepreneurs are going to be doing it digitally in this day and age. Um, I think extroverts usually land on their feet because they love interacting with people and they love networking, you know, whether online or offline. So the key for extrovert expats in business is actually staying focused right? And not chasing opportunities that sound too good to be true. Because if you're doing something interesting, everybody wants to jump on your bandwagon. And if you're an extrovert, you've got lots of friends and people, you know, around you. So the element of putting your work out there, of finding clients, of networking, I think that they have an advantage in that respect. But the disadvantage is really staying focused on what matters. You know, and it would be easy to imagine that introverts are at a disadvantage in that respect. But I can tell you, being a huge introvert, I can use myself as an example. I feel that introversion is an advantage because I don't crave being around people and I'm really good at blending into the background of wherever I happen to be in the world. So, you know, I'm very careful about whose company I keep. I'm very careful about my time and my boundaries around my time. And because most of my business connections and friendships are online, I can stay hyper-focused on the work that matters for my business 
with the people who are essential to my business. And then I can spend my free time doing the introverty things that I love, like taking my dog out to the forest. Yeah, absolutely. And for my my introverted heart to yours, I love that you're able to highlight really, Heather, that introverts absolutely can be successful entrepreneurs as well as extroverts, right? So I think a lot of times, you know, I hear clients where they're trying to stay teeny tiny. And so whether they fall on the more extroverted side of the scale or introverted side of the scale, they might try to argue pretty fiercely that, you know, they're not cut of the type of fabric to be successful in the entrepreneurial space. But I love that you just highlighted that actually, you know what, no reason to stay teeny tiny, whether you're an extrovert extrovert or introvert. It's just a matter of being honest, it sounds like with yourself and really capitalizing on strengths and sounds like, you know, pulling in some support when, when you might need it. And what I'd like to do, Heather, now is just turn to your new book, No Plan B, which is now available on Amazon. And it's a fantastic book. And the the book specifically speaks to people who are fundamentally really incompatible with the nine to five working world. And I imagine people listening right now are probably thinking, yeah, that's me. So, So this book no doubt resonates with, I'm sure, many of our listeners. So tell me, do you think that this is especially relevant, this concept of being incompatible with the nine to five working world for expats? Yes, it's tricky because I don't want to paint all expats with the same brush. And again, people who move abroad for work for a very sort of time delimited period uh, and then are looking forward to go home, going home and going back to their job back home, it might not be the case. But in my experience, so many people who move abroad, especially the digital nomads and the people who move abroad for, for a completely new job that are looking for something new, it's largely because they don't fit into the standard nine to five mold. You know, they want something different. They don't want the confines of what your air quotes supposed to do with your life. You know, they're looking for something different. And for people like me on the far end of the spectrum, I really don't fit in to the traditional working world. Like I run screaming at the idea of having to go into an office. It's just not me. And no offense to anybody who loves it. We need you. <laughs> but for, for those of us who can't fit in, there has to be something else, right? And so I do think it's relevant for expats um, by and large because expats tend to be people, as I said, who are looking for something different. They're looking for a different way of living. They're looking for different types of stimulation. They're looking for different communities. A lot of the expats I meet, self-included, we really enjoy being environments that aren't familiar. You know, when I go home to Canada, I love Canada, but I'm like, ah, it's so predictable. Like I know exactly what's going to happen here all the time. I know exactly what to expect from my people because it's my culture, it's my nature. But when I'm here in Sweden, I don't totally know what's going on, (laughs) even though I've lived here for five years, like every day is a little bit of a surprise, you know, I'm still learning about the Swedish character and that kind of thing. And so, so, so many expats I know are like that. And I think that, you know, my book really speaks to people who like to live with that level of curiosity, that level of the unknown, that uncertainty, that if, you, if I went up to them and said, hey, do you want this amazing opportunity to work and that you'll never have to work in the quote unquote nine to five again, they would be like, yes, please. <laughs> that's that's the people, you know, that's my people. And that's who I wrote the book for. And so, um, yeah, 100%. I think that it's especially relevant for expats. That's my long answer to that. <laughs> 
Yeah. And it's, you know, having been in Hong Kong for 10 years, it's it's still amazing to be in that foreign land, right? Where every day you you sort of embrace, as you mentioned even earlier, being disoriented. And I like that you're you're mapping this on to the potential for being a, a successful entrepreneur. In other words, people who do become expats, right? Who can embrace being disoriented, being in an environment that might stimulate them in a different way can really look towards, you know, moving away from that nine to five working world and into a space where they feel like, you know, they're inspired by, by being in an environment that, you know, is so different from their own. And I think it's an interesting point as well to even think about people who become expats, you know, do they get turned on to the idea of entrepreneurship by the very fact that they become expats, right? In other words, would they have ever started businesses in their home environment where things might be a bit too predictable, right? Not quite as spicy. So I mentioned that your book, No Plan B, can be found on Amazon, but tell us where people who are listening now who you know, are more than, more than interested in reading this book, where can they f- grab a copy and find more information? Yeah, so it is available on Amazon, all the different Amazons around the world. Um, it's in Kindle format and paperback. And then it's also being sold through the book depository. I'm working on getting it through some more channels. And if you're not 100% certain that, that this is the book for you, you can go to my website, heatherthorkelson.com slash no plan B. And basically there you can read a little bit more. There's sort of a storyline that I take you through and you can opt in to get the first chapter for free because I don't want anyone to buy the book and then realize, oh, this is totally not for me. (laughs) So Mm. I think it's great if people can just read the first chapter and if it speaks to you, then there are links to Amazon and whatnot so that they can buy it. So, yeah. Thank you so much, Heather, for all your wonderful insight. And I hope everyone can go on to Amazon or to your website and purchase No Plan B. Thanks so much for having me on, Allison. It's been really fun talking about this. Whether you're an expat, a couple living abroad, digital nomad, or were raised as a third culture kid, now in adult clothing, I offer a non-formulaic approach to therapy. Doing therapy for so many years has taught me that people are way too complex to fit into formulas or anything rigid. You wanna hear more? then head over to RethinkTheCouch.com to learn more about how we can work together.